Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to show 20 of Frequency Cast, the UK's digital TV and technology podcast. My name's Carl, and with me in the studio is our resident technologist, Pete. Pete, now loading. Frequency Cast offers you a tantalizing take on technology and is driven by feedback from our listeners via frequencycast.co.uk. In today's show, here's what we'll be taking a look at. All that's new in the Freeview world. A Slingbox update. Help and advice on choosing and using a DVD recorder. News of BT's all-new Home Hub. Plus, we get interactive with your questions. First, here's a look at the headlines. Frequency cast. Now loading. News. Time for our Frequency Cast news update. And first off, going digital. Yes, the analog switchover is finally upon us. In the early hours of the 17th of October, the first part of the UK to switch to the digital TV service lost its analog BBC2. That part of the country was Cumbria's Whitehaven in the northwest of England. The transmitter, serving around 25,000 homes, made the switch at 2am under the glare of the UK's media. The switchover seemed to go well, and Whitehaven's other analogue channels are due to go off by mid-November. For more information on the digital switch, download the MP3 of Show 7, where we explore this in more detail. Next, BT Vision. The TV over broadband service now has a self-install option, meaning you can get Vision for just £30. BT Vision is supplied with a V-Box hard disk recorder, and you can watch TV over broadband on your telly. The self-install kit includes two power line adapters to save you having to run network cables. A £60 engineer install version is still available. See our show notes for some screenshots of BT Vision in action. Staying with BT, the BT Home Hub. In October, BT Soft launched version 1.5 of their broadband router. we review this in more detail later in the show. Next, Dave's a hit. In October, TV channel Dave launched, replacing UK G2. The audience numbers show that it's been a digital hit, becoming the number five digital channel in its first week. The top five most viewed channels in that week were ITV2, E4, ITV3, Sky Sports 1, and then Dave. Note that UK TV History and Dave shuffled around the Freeview lineup, so you may need to rescan your Freeview receiver to get these channels. Next, Slingbox News. Slingbox is that clever gizmo that allows you to sling your TV signal around the world over the internet. We covered Slingbox back in show 3. Last month, a new Slingbox hit the market, the Slingbox Pro. The Pro supports much better connectivity options, including composite, component and HD. Slingbox has redesigned the case for this new unit, so it looks a little less like a red and silver brick. The Pro can also cope with higher video transfer rates, up to 8 megabits per second. Possibly a little pricey at nearly £200, but note that the Slingbox Classic is still available for under 100 We've also been tipped off that we may be able to get the long-awaited Sling Catcher in the first three months of 2008. The Sling Catcher product allows you to watch the output of a Slingbox on a remote TV, instead of being tied to a desktop or laptop computer. More on this when we hear it. And lastly, Network Operator 3's just launched their Skype phone. This is a standard 3G mobile with a dedicated Skype button. It can make and receive free calls to other Skype users over the 3 data network. It also supports free Skype instant messaging. 3 Skype phone acts as a normal mobile too, and has an MP3 player and 2 gig camera. Best news is it's free on contract and only £50 on pay-as-you-go. At last, a decent mobile that allows free chat. 
If you have Skype or even a Skype phone, don't forget to give us a call. Our Skype ID is FrequencyCast. Thanks, Pete. For more on these news stories, take a look at today's show at www.frequencycast.co.uk. So now it's time for Focus, and I've got a good feeling about today's Focus. What's it all about? Well, once again, the listeners have voted, and today we're talking about Duvda. Duvda? Oh. Is it ready for the hood? <laughs> uh, you watch Phone Jacker as well? Yes. On E4, no less. Absolutely. Marvellous. So what we are actually... I'm a mouse! <laughs> <laughs> right, come on, get on with it. DVDs we're talking about today, specifically DVD recorders. So what do you know about these Duvdas? Uh DVD recorder. Well, you can record your telly on it, can't you? You make your own DVDs. Well, that's exactly what it does. Why would you want one? Well, instead of your videos, your yeah. vush. <laughs> Vukra. Vush. It's vuz. Vuz. Vush. Anyway, yes. Right, so I'm going to give you three and a half reasons why you might want a DVD recorder. Uh, no more video recorders. Yeah, they are being phased out. It's getting very... I think these half are reasons are just because you can't come up with four. Yeah. 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 You're selling me short, aren't you? <laughs> can't you just come up with four? Oh, all right, go on then. I'll see what I can do. Um, so video recorders are on the way out. You can't buy new video recorders, so going DVD is a good thing. Number two, DVDs are an awful lot better quality than the old cassettes. Uh, number three, people may want to start archiving off their old video recordings. Um, magnetic analogue tape does deteriorate with time. The quality isn't as good as it was. And, of course, they're mechanical, so the tapes can seize up and snap, things like that. So you can't re-record, they'll fade away. Yeah. Re-record, re-record, they'll fade, fade away. away. Re-record, re-record, they'll fade away. So I would advise anyone that's got any of their old favourite memories on analogue uh, tape before video cassette recorders do finally pack up, start thinking about dubbing either to your computer's hard disk or onto DVD. And the three and a half reason is the fact that you can share DVDs with your friends. So what does DVD stand for, Carl? Digital video recording. No, digital video disc. Now, you're wrong, you see. It's actually digital versatile disc. Didn't know that, did you? Oh, get back. So DVDs are actually versatile. As well as video, you can put audio on them, MP3s, JPEG photos, and, of course, computer data via a PC or Mac. Why? Aren't they accommodating? Absolutely. So that's three and a half, nearly four reasons why a DVD recorder may well be a good idea. Now, there are two different types of DVD recorder. Any guesses? Big one and a small one? Close enough. There's the box that you plug into your telly, so it looks a bit like a DVD player, but it's actually a recorder. The other type, of course, is one that you can slide inside your PC's case, a PC uh, variant, a PC DVD recorder. And, of course, you can get USB ones as well. All right, yeah. I know the ones you get on computers. Yeah. Right. So for the purpose of this show, rather than talking about the ones you can plug into your computer, we're going to talk about the ones that you plug into your telly. So this is the standalone DVD recorders that are basically replacing video recorders. Okay. Superb. So question number one we've had from our audience here is what to look for when thinking about buying a DVD recorder. Any suggestions on what they should look for? Uh, a silver one. Great, thanks. You're a bundler use you are, aren't you? One with an on-off switch. <laughs> one that takes DVDs. Don't get it if it's called a turntable. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say a Betamax one. <laughs> Are you taking the mickey? Always. So, some things to look out for. Thing number one is what's happening in 2012? The takeover. They're going to take over. The digital man's coming down. The big digital foot will land on our television sets. 
Yes, the analog stuff gets switched off and the digital stuff gets switched on. So if you are thinking about buying a DVD recorder, look for one that has a digital receiver built in, not an analog receiver. Important stuff. That's fair enough. The next thing to look for if you're thinking about getting a DVD recorder is to look for one with a built-in hard disk recorder as well. So we've covered uh, personal video recorders before, uh, things like Sky Plus and Virgin and uh, BT Vision. Uh, They all have a built-in hard disk. You can buy machines that have a built-in hard disk and a DVD recorder. So you get the whole lot in one box, which can be really, really convenient. That means you can record all your TV shows and the ones you want to burn off onto DVD, you can with just the one box. Not a bad thing to consider. The third thing to consider is formats. Now, what are the various DVD recording formats? I thought you were going to ask me what formats were. I was going to say, well, there's one more than three mats and one less than five mats. DVD formats, hmm, no, I think I'm unfamiliar. Are you really? There's a surprise. Um, Well, there are actually a whole stack of different recording formats, and it's quite important to know what the differences are. There's DVD minus R and DVD plus R. Oh, I've heard of those. Okay. Now, these are right once, so you can only record onto them one time. And then that disc is what's called finalised, which means you can't edit or add recordings to it. Okay. Then we've got DVD minus RW and DVD plus RW. Now, the RW there is for read and write, so these are rewritable discs. Right. And read. Read. Right. 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 It'll all work out in the edit. So these rewritable discs can be used around about a thousand times, so you can add, remove and delete. You do need to finalise these discs before you can play them in other machines. So if you are using a rewritable, make sure you finalise before you remove the disc and give it to somebody else. But then it can still be written over at a later stage, even though you finalised it. Typically only in the machine that you've recorded it in, though. So if you record it in your home machine, you can't give it to somebody else and they can add a track, finalise it and give it back to you again. So it's kind of tied to the manufacturer of the machine. Okay. Uh, Then there's a format called DVD-RAM. These are a bit like computer hard disks, so you can record and shuffle space around and stuff. They're pretty uncommon, uh, and they don't tend to work in that many standard DVD players, so we're kind of going to exclude that one. Right, okay. And then, of course, we've got the HUD. HUD, is it HUD-ready? So the two high-definition formats, any idea what they are? There's HD DVD and Blu-ray. They're the two competing formats that are out there at the moment. Uh, so you can, of course, start thinking about recording stuff onto DVD in high def. Uh, However, the uh, DVD recorders for high def are hugely expensive. They're just beginning to come onto the market now, and they are really silly money at the moment. What are we talking about? Uh, we, I don't know. I do. HD DVD and Blu-ray. Now, without repeating yourself, uh, what were you saying about HD DVD recorders? DVD recorders for high def are hugely expensive. They're just beginning to come onto the market now, and they are really silly money at the moment. Just below a thousand, yeah. Yeah, the cheapest I've seen is around about eight hundred quid. <sighs> Steep. They're going to come down a bit in price, but it'll be a little while yet. Even the actual players are still quite expensive. You can get a PC high definition recorder slots inside your PC. They're a bit cheaper. But just at the moment, high-def recording is pretty expensive. Okay. So how much are the discs to put in into your player? I mean, do they vary dramatically, or is it just a couple of quid? Yeah, there's a little bit of a price difference. I mean, your average blank video cassette was, what, a couple of quid? Yeah, eventually. When they finally dropped. Um, these DVDs actually hold 4.7 gigs worth of data, so it's a lot more than a standard CD. Typically, you can get two hours of recording onto one of these 4.7 gig discs, but you can actually drop the recording quality, so that's a standard rate will give you two hours. You can go down to lower rates, so you can get sort of lower quality. You can get up to eight hours, although the quality does get a bit grim if you start trying to get more than four hours worth of content onto one of these. 
And as for price, um, typically a blank disc is about 90p for your two hours. So that's cheaper than a blank video cassette used to be. If you've actually got a lot of DVD burning to do, you can buy in bulk. If you buy 100, you don't get the DVD cases, uh, but you can buy them really cheap. The cheapest we've found is about 20p a disc if you buy 100 or so. That's good. Not bad. So I noticed in the postbag we had an email asking us uh, whether we could recommend a DVD recorder. What do you suggest? Two or three I want to highlight. Um, Sony tend to come up over and over again as a good recommendation. And we've currently taken a look at the RDRGXD360. That was an easy one, wasn't it? Uh, This has a built-in Freeview receiver, eight-day program guide. It supports DVD plus R, DVD minus R, DVD plus RW, DVD minus RW, and can handle MP3s and JPEGs. At the time of recording, Curry's are doing this just below £200, but we have found somewhere that's doing it for 145 quid. So that's not a bad one. Who's that made by? That's the Sony. Cool. And we've also got two that are worth looking at if you want one with a built-in hard disk recorder. There's the Panasonic DMR-EX77EB. Why have these all got silly numbers and names? I don't know, it's what they do. Uh, I also want to compare that with the Sony, wait for it, RDRHXD870. That's another easy one. I think I know whose postcode that is. So that's the Sony. Both of these two, the Panasonic and the Sony, uh, have a built-in 160 gig drive. They both have Freeview. Uh, They both support all of the various formats, so the plus and the minus and the RWs and, and everything else. Um, and they have uh, free views and electronic program guides. These two also have an HDMI high-definition upscaler. Upscaler? Sounds impressive. Is that sort of like if you go mountaineering, you can take it with you? Do you know what an upscaler is? Serious question? No idea. So basically both of these have an HDMI high-definition socket on the back, and what they do is they use this clever technology to try and bring the quality up to high-definition standard. It's a little bit of a fiddle because it's not true high-def, but it will step up the output from a standard SCART quality up to 1080, which is the, the, the maximum high-definition output. A bit like that switch on your old stereos in the 80s that said stereo-wide. <laughs> Mono, stereo, stereo-wide. It wasn't actually putting the speakers further apart, but gave you the illusion that it was. Yeah, it's sort of pseudo. It's not really high-def, but it does give you a better quality than the SCART output, so that's worth looking at. Both of these are Panasonic and the Sony, uh, available for just over 200 quid. Not too bad. Good stuff. Any more? Uh, yeah, there's a few from Goodman's, uh, Samsung, and Daewoo, Daewoo as you call them, uh, are a little bit cheaper. And again, we'll stick some links on our show notes. That'd be good. So that's www.frequencycast.co.uk. Right, so what are we going to do next? Have you got uh, a new toy in that box? Yeah, we've got a sort of a version 1.5 of a new toy. We have a nice shiny white box here with the words BT on it. Let me show you this. Let me open this up. So a nice little cobble box. Out of the plastic wrapper, look at that. Oh, very nice. That's rather sleek. It's like something else I've seen. What is it? Oh, it's a home hub with all its inputs and outputs on the back. It looks very similar to the original one, but it's a little bit smaller, isn't it? So this is actually version 1.5 of the BT Home Hub. It's the new, improved um, home hub. So they've shrunk it down. It's kind of um, square rather than the other one being a little bit on the tall side. What do you think? I think it looks very nice. It looks a little from the reverse side. Well, from the front side, which I'm sure you're all going to be looking at. It's very light. I'm going to say that. Um, But it also looks... Well, I don't know what it looks like from the front, but from the back it looks like one of those fans you put in an office. So let me tell you what's different compared with version 1. I know we've got a lot of people out there that use the Home Hub, so let me just tell you what's different. The aerial on the back does a full 180. Look at that. Right. Uh, And on the back we've got the usual input, so we've got a DC power... Two USBs, two Ethernets, a phone, and a broadband socket. Excellent. Uh, and on the front, they've changed the lights around, so we've got power, broadband, wireless, phone, and upgrading. The upgrading one there replaces the uh, data light. 
Oh, right. So you can upgrade this over the internet? Um, I think the really handy thing is the old one had a data light that was always flashing, and it's really annoying if it's in your front room. So just having an upgrading light and lights that don't flash constantly is a bit less distracting, which is cool. Cool. Uh, One thing I do notice on the side here, uh, there's the old wireless association button. That's for setting up your Wi-Fi. But they've added a button that says restart. Yeah, and that's because the old home hub is famous for just locking up and crashing. Um, I've got a home hub. I use one on my, my home network. And about once every couple of days, I had to hoik the mains lead out, plug the mains lead back in again because the thing had locked up and crashed. I think they've learned and they've now stuck a reset button on, which is smart thinking. Well, it's kind of useful, but I just wish I didn't have to keep resetting the thing in the first place and they wouldn't need a button. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> um, and they've also got a, um, you can stick a, a pin or a paper clip in there and there's a, a reset to defaults hole, which I guess is quite useful as well. Uh, is this not the thing we did the instructions for? Ah, yes, indeed. Yes, it is. I'll come on to that in a sec. Um, just want to point out the software on here is very, very similar to the same software on the original hub. Uh, firing this up and looking, the software is version 6.2.6.b. And they've just rolled that out to the old home hubs as well. So it's the same software as the original hub. You're glazing over, aren't you? I just, I was inspired by the ease of that number. Oh, yeah. While we're on the subject of the home hub software, the latest software update seems to have removed the option to turn the Wi-Fi access point off. And it's added something new called the Wi-Fi Community Service. This is also known as BT Fon, and it's a service that lets other people get into your home hub to access the BT Internet network, in return for you being able to use somebody else's broadband connection. This phone service claims to be secure, and it will only use a percentage of your broadband bandwidth. If this phone service is adopted widely, it means other people's hubs become public access points, offering free wireless internet access to other BT phone users. Looking at our forums, a few people aren't happy with the idea of having their hubs turned into free hotspots for other surfers, and people parking up outside their house to use cheap internet. As one of our listeners, Dave Edwards, points out, he doesn't want a rogue access point allowing others to share bandwidth that he's already paid for. If you're not keen on the idea of BT Fon, check your home hub settings and make sure this option's disabled if you don't want to share. Other people, of course, find the idea great. Free internet if you can just find the right access point. And BT has a site to let you identify where these hotspots are. So, what do you think? Fon, good or bad? Let us know via our blog. You need to tell them about our guide. Yes, she's a lovely girl. First of all, she meets you in reception and she takes you around into the main part. No, not the tour guide. Oh, you mean the guide on the... Oh, yes. How to use the home hub. Yeah, one of our top, top, top topics and one of our top shows, show nine, was about the BT home hub and we get lots and lots of questions about it. So what we decided to do is put together a special audio guide that talks about the home hub. So we did this a couple of weeks ago up on the website now and on the guide, which is about 25 minutes long, we cover... How to set up your home hub, how to set the clock, how to set up wireless, how to get a laptop running. We talk you through security. We talk about ways of improving your Wi-Fi reception. And we also talk about the dreaded port forwarding that you have to do if you've got something like a Slingbox. That still sounds like something out of Star Trek or the fly to me. Port forwarding. It's up there with teleporting, isn't it? So anyone with a home hub having difficulty setting it up, Go to our guide, download a nice little audio guide, no need to fiddle around with manuals and PDFs. Yeah, actually it's quite useful because you do run through it at an appropriate pace, which is not too fast and at the same time not too slow and boring. It's just you can actually do it as you're listening, which is great. Yeah, I'm hoping people are going to find it useful. Um, If anyone likes the idea of this guide, let us know if you'd like us to feature anything else and maybe we can put another one together. Yeah, well you can. Frequency cast, now loading, interaction. It's interaction, and our first question is from Damien Phillips. He has a DigiHome, Freeview, DVR, and a Mikomi DVD recorder. I want to record from the DVR to the DVD recorder. How do I do this? Hi, Damien, and thanks for getting in touch. We get this question quite a lot. 
how to connect a set-top box to a DVD recorder so that you can watch and record DVDs. It does depend on what sort of connectors you have, but as a general guide, here's what to do. Connect your DVD recorder to your telly with a SCART lead. Then, connect your Digibox to your DVD recorder using a second SCART lead. Now, on your TV, use the TV remote to tune in to the DVD recorder, normally using the Line-In or AV button. You should now be watching the output of your DVD recorder on your TV. Finally, on the DVD's remote control, select the AV Line-In feed. This is the SCART lead that's connected to your Digibox. You should now be watching the output of your Digibox via the DVD recorder and pressing record on your remote should record the output of your Digibox. A little tricky to explain on a podcast, so we'll add this to our show notes. And now one from Colleen Gastungi. I just got my TomTom 1 and can't figure out how to set my home address. Hi Colleen, nice easy answer here. Go to the TomTom menu, select Change Preferences, and then select Change Home Location. You have reached your destination. A nice easy one there. Thanks also to Klaus for getting in touch to tell us about the new BT Home Hub. Yep, we're on the case. Anyone out there with feedback on this new hub, please get in touch. Oh yeah, and uh, hi also to the guys at antiipod.co.uk. Pete was showing me around your website the other day and uh, I kind of agreed with you in in most ways, of course, because it was technology and uh, who needs that, hey? Yeah, who actually needs an iPod? It's just overhyped, isn't it? Well, it's uh, personal stereo gone wrong, really, isn't it? (laughs) Nice. This one's a message from Albert Allsop. He tells us that he's seen pattern interference on BBC2 with his BT Vision box, but has found a cure. Unplug the aerial connection on the V-Box and plug it in the TV Direct. This has cured the problem. Thanks for that, Albert, although it could actually be your BT Vision box modulator that's causing the problem. The BT Vision box aerial is automatically set to broadcast a signal that other TVs can tune into, and this could be clashing with your terrestrial TV signal. You can change this from the BT Vision box by selecting Settings, General Settings, and then changing the RF Output Channel. Thanks for that, Albert. It's always great to share those sort of gems of advice. Now a quick message from Darren Ney. He got in touch following our Energy Meter feature in the last show, and he wants to know if these new energy-saving light bulbs really save you money in the long run. Well, although low-energy light bulbs are more expensive to buy, between 2 and £3, pounds, they can shave up to £10 pounds a year off your energy bill. That's based on a 100-watt light bulb equivalent, and these do last around six years. Something that not many people know is that by 2011, the government's planning to phase out conventional light bulbs altogether, so make that switch. Well, thank you, Pete, you bright spark. That was all very illuminating. Uh, I have a little message here for you, Carl. Thank you very little. Um, Guess who this is from? <laughs> Um, a yawning leprechaun? <laughs> it's our friend the digital dinosaur. Let's see what he's got to say for us here. Um, okay, he's got a sniff that we're talking about DVDs and DVD recorders in this show. And he says here... Let me have a look. <laughs> Can you clever types tell us all how long DVDs are going to be around for? Oh yeah, all right, why's that? And uh, can you get a manufacturer to offer a guarantee of longevity? It's a long word for you, Carl. I didn't even spell it out phonetically. <laughs> phonetically. Phonetically. Bless you. <laughs> Go on, what else does he have to say? So, uh, in the 1970s, I purchased the Philips Disk System. Uh And then a Betamax recorder and then an 8-track. Wow, he's got all the kit here. Thanks to the advice from the so-called experts of their day who reckon these were superior to anything else. The only thing he's missed out on is the mini-disc. Well, actually, we've got some of those here, haven't we? No, I don't do mini-discs. Oh, what, you mean the coasters? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's the ones. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's saying that uh, now all his old equipment won't even be accepted for landfill on the basis that it'll take 8 billion years to degrade. 
That's longer than they lived, wasn't it? That's what he says here. Whereas it only took eight months to be useless for purpose. I love this bit. No, I meant dinosaurs. Only took eight years to die out, didn't they? (laughs) It says, um, I'm not going to make the same mistake with CDs and DVDs. I'm going to stick with my trusty cassette player. Oh, how sweet. For my music and the VHS videos for my films. But looking at the specs for a new car recently, I couldn't find one with a cassette deck. Well, I'm not surprised. No, I, I, you know, I... Yeah, I'm with you there. It's very difficult trying to find a gramophone deck for your car, isn't it? Excuse me, I think he's right. The cassette deck in the car, right, is all you needed. Then it went mini-disc. Then what happened there? They got rid of those. Yeah, but what about your MP3 files? What about them? Well, how are you going to play them? Well, on your cassette deck... Yeah, exactly. You can get, what, 90 minutes and then you've got to change over and rewind and the tape snaps. And how many times have you been driving down the road and you've passed a tree and there's cassette tape in it? Because someone's had an argument and thrown their cassette out the window and there's trailing tape everywhere and it gets caught up. And Never. I only ever go out in late autumn. All the tapes have fallen from the trees. <laughs> They're always on the road. <laughs> you know, I was hearing someone talking about that the other day. They're saying it's basically because couples break up and they throw the mixtapes out the window in disgust at their other halves. And what you're seeing is the shattered remains of old relationships up and down the road. So what happens when you see broken CDs? <laughs> is that when they've used it as a mirror and they've seen the hideous face? And gone, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, thank you, Mr. Dinosaur. Yes, most appreciated. Uh, if, if we hear of a gramophone deck for your car, we'll let you know, sir. Nice. Okay, right. Is it time for a phone call? Hello, my name's Colin Marland. I live in Bury in Lancashire. I've just purchased a, a TomTom 1 version 3 and on the in cha- the car charger it's got 12 stroke 24 volts as I'm a truck driver and most vehicles are 24 volt uh, batteries. Can I plug this into a 24 volt supply? Hi Colin, a little confusing we agree but yes the TomTom car charging lead can cope with both 12 and 24 volts. And while we're here let's have another phone call. My name's David and I'm phoning from Gloucester. I was thinking of purchasing the Samsung i620 when I noticed in a forum that it doesn't have Wi-Fi. Can you explain what HSDPA, Edge, and all the other GPRS, UMTSs are, since I want to be able to use my phone to surf the web? I'm thinking of getting an HTC S730, which I think has Wi-Fi, in which case I can use my broadband connection. Thanks very much. Hi David, loads and loads and loads of acronyms, not surprised you're confused. Let me have a quick whiz through. HSDPA, EDGE, GPRS and UMTS are all from the same family and they're basically data over the mobile phone network. GPRS and EDGE are what's known as 2G and HSDPA and UMTS are what you'd know as 3G. 3G offers a faster mobile internet solution. In the UK, the top speeds you can expect to get out of 3G is around about 1.8 megabits a second. That's still slower than a decent landline broadband connection using Wi-Fi, and almost certainly going to be more expensive. So Wi-Fi is a better bet for mobile surfing. The phone you mentioned, the HTC S730, supports both Wi-Fi and 3G, so that could be a very good idea as that supports the best of both worlds. Now a question from Daya. I have a Sky Digital box in my living room, but I want to watch it in my bedroom. I have bought a coaxial cable and fixed the connectors on both ends, but the connection doesn't seem to be working. To get the output of your Sky box on a different telly, you'll need to run a coax aerial cable from the back of the Sky box RF output socket to the other telly. Then, tune the other TV set into the channel that your Sky box is broadcasting on. To check the channel number that your Sky box is transmitting on, you need to get to a secret hidden menu. To do this, press Services on the Sky Remote, then type 401 and press Select. 
From here, select option 4, RF Outlets. See the FrequencyCast Sky page for the full process. Talking about weird emails, uh, the producer handed me this one in this pile today, and uh, it's a bit of a weird one for you. Really? Go on, I haven't seen this one. Uh, it's a poem, it goes... I love technology, both old and new. My iPod, my Wi-Fi, Nintendo, Bluetooth. But most of all, Peter, I love to listen to you. You're a technical, sexical guru. What I want to know, right, is why did... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Is, is there a phone number? You're, you're a geek. <laughs> no, you're a geek. No, you, you know, you are a geek. Yeah, but, but, Excuse but, me, if anyone should be writing in and saying they love anyone, it should be me. Yeah, but, uh, 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 phone number? Weirdo. What's, what's the name? What's the name? Lauren. Lauren, Lauren, right. What's your email address, Lauren? You're just jealous because you haven't got a fan, and I've got more friends than you on our Facebook account. I don't think twins count as two people. <laughs> oh, hello to the twins if you're listening. You've only got double the amount of friends I have because there's two of them. Anyway, talking about Facebook, what else do we have to talk about? Vinny, the bearded buffalo. <laughs> what a name. He didn't like being a butterfly. So now he's a buffalo, and he's done something great for us. What's he done? He's done the Facebook player, and that is really cool. I've got to be honest, I was playing with it the other day. And the Facebook player. And uh, both of them brought me many hours of joy. So what we've got is a new Facebook player, interactive, so you can play our podcasts. And there's a little box that lets you send a message. What you can do is listen to the show and type in a message as you're listening. We then get a little message popping up on our system that says where in the show you were listening to and what you thought of the show. So I'd encourage anyone listening to this, go back, listen to the show, and as you're listening, have your Facebook account in front of you and type in a message when you find a funny bit or a naff bit of the show, and we'll get that message to tell exactly where you were listening. Isn't that cool? I think it's marvellous. It's full-on feedback. Indeed, absolutely. And talking to podcasts... And talking of podcasts... And talking of podcasts, we have a little question. Are there any podcasters out there listening to our show? We would love to hear from you, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. If you uh, want us to give you a shout on our show, and in return you can give us a shout on yours. Absolutely. Get in touch. Frequencycast.co.uk Well, that's it for interaction and for this Frequencycast. Please get in touch with your comments on today's show, or if you have any questions you'd like us to answer in the next show. It's your feedback that drives this show, so please get in touch. Give us a call and leave us a message on 0208 133 4567. Or leave us a voice message using Skype. Our Skype ID is FrequencyCast. You can write on the Facebook FrequencyCast wall or send us a message via our website. Remember to check out the show notes for today's show, Show 20, for more info on what we've covered today. The web address is www.frequencycast.co.uk. Well, that's it for another show of Choosing, Using, All-Round Improving DVD Recorders with Freeview World Explorers for Home Hub Adorers. Until the next show, catch you then. Frequencycast, shutdown in progress. Well, that's all for this show. Keep the feedback coming and make sure you visit our website for details of what we discussed in today's tantalising take on technology. Point your browser at www.frequencycast.co.uk Frequency